Well, welcome back. Welcome back. This is Jack Vecchio with Season 5, Episode 19 of JV to the Pros. I have a lot to cover today, so let's just get into it right away. I have some really, really interesting breaking entertainment news to talk to you about. I have some great side stories of week one of the NFL um, 2023 season. I have uh, lots to talk about in regard to uh, the NFL and uh, being a Jets fan. Yes, I'm going to talk about it. Relax. Uh, I've got an interesting situation going on with um, Major League Baseball. One of the... um, one of the divisions has become a gen, an actual genuine race. This is going to be really interesting. Um, I've got a couple of stories out of my favorite state, which is Radio Gold, and that is the state of Florida. And I probably should start there. First of all, there is a certain somebody who has been accused of about 100 felonies. And his address is Mirlago. And his name rhymes with dump. Well, I thought it was very interesting that he had to turn himself in to Georgia officials. And I I always thought they measured your height. They made you stand on a scale. And they recorded your height and weight. Oh, no, it's an honor system. <laughs> I mean, I got to figure people who are doing Jenny Craig, etc., are probably lying about their weight also. But Donald Trump went in claiming to be 6'4". Donald Trump is not 6'4". He's just under 6'2". Donald Trump is not 6'4". So he claimed to be 6'4", which they put on the official record, and he claimed to be Dramatic pause. That's right. Donald Trump <laughs> claimed to be 215 pounds. <laughs> Frankly, I, I think Donald Trump probably has a leg that weighs 215 pounds. Donald Trump is 270 pounds if he's a pound. And Donald Trump is claiming that he's 6'4", 215 well, if that's the case, I say we sign him up and let him play in the NBA because he's not any of that. Okay, my other story out of Florida is a guy originally from, from Iran, and his name is Reza Baluchi, B-A-L-U-C-H-I. And Reza Baluchi came here from Iran because he believed that here in America, you can do anything you want. That is the truth. You can do anything you want in America. That is a fact. Now, you can do anything you want as long as it's what? Come on. I would ask Donald Trump for the answer, but he doesn't know it. As long as it's legal. Well, Reza Bellucci decided he would like to run to London from Florida. He'll leave from Boca Raton and run to London. 
Now, apparently, Reza ran everywhere as a kid, and he has continued running as an adult. He runs long, long distances. So what Reza Bellucci did was he created an extremely large hamster wheel, for lack of a better word, with buoys on it on both sides. So the wheel has buoyancy on each side. And in the middle, he is going to be running. And he is surrounded by extremely large bubble wrap type protection. And he's going to leave from the eastern coast of Florida and run in this wheel and it will paddle to London. Now, there was a guy who paddleboarded from San Francisco Bay to Hawaii. Now, he wasn't on your normal paddleboard. He was on an extremely large paddleboard and this guy was blind, but he had navigation equipment. He had all sorts of alerts. He had monitoring system. He was connected with the internet. He was able to communicate. Not Reza. And by the way, the guy from San Francisco, he got halfway to Hawaii and found out that there was an enormous storm rolling in and was encouraged to decide whether or not to turn back. And his attitude was, it's the same distance either way now. I'm halfway. And he continued going, and he made it. But he had fail-safe systems in place. He had people, you know, keeping an eye on him and that kind of thing. Well, Reza apparently had the equivalent of a cell phone with a GPS where you can ping and see where the phone is. But he wasn't really going to take directions. He wasn't going to use any sort of a, um, <clears throat> a GPS system. He wasn't going to make this as efficient as possible. He was just going to get into the Atlantic Ocean and run in this huge hamster wheel until he got to London in time for tea, I guess. Well, let me let me explain to you what happened with this um, giant floating hamster wheel. And the thing is made of buoys and wire and and it's only propelled by Reza running inside of it. Now, with the sun beating down, you'd think he would have had a, a system of cooling and rehydrating and that kind of thing. Oh no. Nope. Temperatures inside that wheel got over 120 degrees. So, Bellucci, who was granted asylum from Iran. Now, sometimes, sometimes we get it wrong. And he was here because he wanted to be able to do anything that comes to mind. <clears throat> well, the Coast Guard had to go out and save this guy about 70 miles off the coast of Florida where the tracking from, I guess, his phone told people that he was doing fine 
in the direction he was going, but he was going to need to bend kind of to the left to go up toward London. And instead, his hamster wheel made a very sharp right toward the equator. Well, he's 70 miles into a 4,000-mile trip across the ocean with not a lot of backup, not a lot of, you know, plan B's about this thing. Well, when the um, Coast Guard stopped him, they asked for the vehicle, which is the hamster wheel, asked for the vehicle's registration. And Reza said it was registered in the state of Florida, but he couldn't find the registration. <laughs> and he said he doesn't want his invention to be called a hamster wheel. He wants it to be known as a hydropod. Well, the Coast Guard felt that he was conducting a manifestly unsafe voyage. And according to Agent Michael Perez, nothing about this identified a starting point or any sort of um, manifest as to what he was doing out there. Well, when they wanted to board his hamster wheel, and I'm just going to keep calling it that, Reza claimed to have a 12-inch knife and would kill himself if they would try to stop him from heading for London. Well, the officers backed off so he wouldn't hurt himself. And over the next day or two, they monitored what was going on. And Reza kept claiming that he would hurt himself if officers from the Coast Guard tried to board the vessel. Well, finally, the Coast Guard cutter named uh, Campbell arrived to bring Bellucci food, which you would think on a 4,000-mile trip. On a 4,000-mile flight, I'm bringing food. He didn't have food, and they brought him food, water, and, oh yeah, word that a hurricane is expected, and it's coming his way. Well, Bellucci, Reza Bellucci, still refused to leave his vessel, and then claimed that he had a bomb... And he would explode the bomb. Well, Reza finally confessed that he didn't have a bomb. That was just a threat. And he was taken into custody. He was released on $250,000 bond. And part of, his, um, part of his terms of being released is that he may not go anywhere near the ocean or board any vessel on the ocean until this thing is resolved. That's some pretty strict stuff there, but Bellucci, apparently about seven or eight years ago, made an attempt to travel from Boca Raton, Florida to Bermuda, which is more than a thousand miles. Again, running inside of his homemade floating hamster mobile. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> We're going to put the visual of this hamster wheel. We'll put this on the Facebook page. And when you see it and you imagine that somebody just got in there and started running and thinking that they can run 4,000 miles without a supply of food and a supply of water and a way to cool off the inside of this thing, you'll be scratching your head like, what the fill in the blank? What the fill in the blank? But this guy Reza, which I'm wondering if maybe we give him back to Iran and let him put the hamster wheel on the ocean on the edge of Iran. Just let him go around looking for an ocean around the borders of Iran. And when he finds one, he can put the hamster wheel in, in the ocean there. We'll just go with that. I, 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 I don't know what to say about this guy. <laughs> I mean, this, this cracked me up. I mean, I don't know what was making me laugh more. The fact that Donald Trump claimed that he was 215 pounds once he found out it was an honor system, which we know he's not honorable, or the fact that this guy thought he was going to run in a hamster wheel from Florida to London. Okay, Florida. I have been trying to stay off your backs, but you guys, you guys don't make it easy. You just don't make it easy. Okay, so I want to move on to breaking entertainment news. And we all are familiar with the group Aerosmith and the lead singer, Steven Tyler, which ironically... Producer Karen, the queen of Queens, New York, actually named her twin boys Stephen and Tyler because of Stephen Tyler. Well, Stephen Tyler has been an absolute stud for about 55 years, touring, living the life of a rock star, just enjoying the band and doing his thing. And I remember about maybe eight years ago, he did an interview with Howard Stern and Stern asked him in the song Dream On that that high note at the end of the song as you got older were you sorry that you set the bar there as a young man knowing that if you kept touring you'd have to hit that bar over and over again and it's a very I mean it's a glass shattering note well, we all are familiar with Dream On, and I'm going to play a little bit of it, and then I'm going to move it forward to that, to that note, and then I'll tell you what the story is on Steven Tyler. Past is gone. 
Now, we all love this song. We all love this song. As a young man, he probably had no trouble hitting that note at the end of the song. But listen to this note, and I'm going to tell you what happened at a concert on Long Island this past week. Okay, so Steven Tyler is doing a concert with the band out on Long Island and he goes to hit that note and actually blows out his vocal cords. Yeah, they actually began bleeding and Steven Tyler had to go back to Boston immediately to meet with his doctor and find out what's going on. So they did take an x-ray, and I know an x-ray doesn't show any sort of um, soft tissue injury, but the interesting thing is the x-ray showed that Steven Tyler's vocal cords were actually mangled. That was the word from the technician. His vocal cords were mangled. Now, I know that sometimes when they're inspecting your throat and they put the little ah stick in your mouth and, and they go, oh, you know, go with a high pitch. You go, ah. I don't know if that separates your vocal cords or if it brings them closer together. But Steven Tyler's vocal cords actually blew out and became mangled and began bleeding. And now, for the next month, month and a half, Steven Tyler can't speak. He is not allowed to talk at all. And if he does try to talk, all that comes out is a high-pitched, um, soft squeak. Like that. So he is not speaking for the next month, month and a half, as he damaged his vocal cords very badly. I remember in the 70s, there was a singer that used to try to hit notes for the crowd, and it was this yelling thing, and, and everyone knew he was straining his vocal cords. Well, he did it until his vocal cords gave out, and that was the end of his career. I don't think that's what's going to happen with Steven Tyler, because he immediately sought medical attention, but Hitting those notes are difficult under the best of circumstances. But, you know, Tyler's in his 60s, and those notes don't come easy. I mean, I'm not a singer, but I could hit those notes, but I haven't been hitting those notes for 55 years. But Steven Tyler will be off tour for a while, and he will be rehabbing, and recovering from mangled, blown out vocal cords. Now I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking uh, Steven Tyler, um, I think he was born in about 1950, which puts him at about 70, I think he's about 70 or 75. I thought he was in his 60s, but um, oh, I'm looking at it now. He was born in 48. 
So born in 48, you know, yeah, that, that, that puts him deep into his 70s. So Steven Tyler will be down for a while, but he will not be out. <laughs> so that is one big, big, big story. Now, let me get on to some of what happened in week one of the NFL. One of the amazing things that happened this week is um, normally it's such a factor when you are the home team that not only does Vegas, when they set the odds and they set the point spread, Vegas gives the home team three points right away for being the home team. So if you are six and a half point favorites, but you're at home, you're now nine and a half point favorites. Now, if you're underdogs and you're, let's say you're, let's say you're a three point underdog. Well, now it's even money if you're at home because you get three for being, you know, if you're gambling, if you understand gambling and point spreads and you, you, you get three for being at home because being home used to be, it used to be such a factor when a team came in from somewhere else, the crowd would be screaming their head off just in case they wanted to call an audible. If the opposing team wanted to call an audible or just simply make conversation with one of their own players, they'd be screaming so loud and it would, it would absolutely alter the outcome of the game. Well, in week one of the NFL, there were 16 games and 10 of those 16 games were won by the team that was visiting. Now, for most people, the big shocker was Detroit going into Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs. I actually picked Detroit, and I said it. I said it before it happened. I said it right after it happened when I did the last show, and I'm saying it now. I knew Detroit was going to beat Kansas City because Kansas City was missing their big defensive rusher, Chris Jones, who was a holdout for more money. And two days before the game, Travis Kelsey, who gets like 80% of the passes, hyperextended his knee and couldn't play. Well, that's a whole different situation this week. As Travis Kelsey apparently will be back, but he's going to be very, very, very careful about what he's doing because there is somewhat of a bruise on his knee. Now, we've got a game Thursday. Thursday's game has um, Minnesota going into Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia just beat the Patriots, but they beat the Patriots by like five. Patriots had a shot at winning this game. And I'm, I was sitting there thinking, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. The Eagles are not as good as as I thought they were. Maybe maybe they're just you know, maybe they're just kind of hyped up. But the fact is this is one of those things. The Eagles at home they're a bad beast to mess with. Those fans are rabid. Those fans find out where the opposing team they're staying at the hotel and they beep their car horns and their air horns and they try to keep them from getting sleep and they 
abuse the bus that's taken them to the stadium by getting it stuck in traffic and blocking it out. They do everything they can. Those fans, those fans are not the norm at all. So <clears throat> I'm going to go through my picks. But this week, the Eagles at home facing the 0-1 Vikings. I think the Eagles take the Vikings. I think they take them at home. I don't think Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are going to be able to beat the Eagles. I'm not saying it it can't happen. I'm saying 90% it won't happen. Now, Jordan Love got himself an un unexpected win last week. And now they go to Atlanta. And Atlanta got a win last week. So, I got to sit there and think what's going to happen here. Here's what I think. I think, first of all, the Falcons at home, it's not like Philadelphia, but I think it does move the needle a little bit. But I also think the Falcons are better than the Packers. Now, I'm not saying they're much better. I said, I'm saying I think they're better. I think they're good enough that they should be able to beat the Packers. That's all I'm saying. So I'm taking the Falcons. Now, the 0-1 Colts are going to the 0-1 Texans. Well, the Texans are terrible this year, and the Colts are not terrible. So very simply put, I'm taking the Colts. The Seahawks last week, the Seahawks, the Seahawks got beat, and I mean, the Rams, I don't know how they did it, but they beat the Seahawks, and I picked the Rams strongly to lose that game, and the Rams won. So now Geno Smith and the Seahawks and Geno Smith's new contract are going to Detroit to play the Lions. Here's what I'm going to see. I see this very improved Detroit Lions team beating the Seahawks at home. I think the Lions win this game at home. That is, that is my pick on that. So <clears throat> my next game, the Chargers... They're 0-1. They lost a heartbreaker to Miami last week. And they're going to Tennessee to face the 0-1 Titans. Now the Titans, Titans are not bad. But the Chargers and Justin Herbert, um, Austin Eckler. Oh, by the way, Austin Eckler hurt his uh, ankle last week. But he should be fine for this game. And I'm going to take the Chargers to beat the Titans in Tennessee. Yes, another visiting team winning. The Raiders, the 1-0 Raiders, are going to Buffalo to play the 0-1 Bills. I don't know who the Bills lost to on Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah, the Jets. I'll get into about the Jets in a little bit. But the Bills are going to be hosting the undefeated <laughs> Raiders. And I think the Bills at home with that team beat the Raiders soundly. I don't even think that's going to be a close game. I think the Bills are going to make the corrections they need to make. They're going to fix the mistakes they made in the Jets game. And I think <clears throat> the Bills win handily. The Chiefs are going to Florida. They're going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. And I know Trevor Lawrence is looking good. The Jaguars won their first game. They look great. But this is the Chiefs, and they got Travis Kelsey back, and they got Chris Jones back. 
I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs to beat the Jaguars at home. Another visiting win. The Ravens. Ravens are going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Now, I mean, I didn't play in any of the games last week. And the Bengals only scored three more points than I did. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the problem is with Joe Burrow. But I do think the 1-0 Ravens go into, the, into Cincinnati and smack the Bengals around. Another visiting team wins. That's what I see. The Bears, 0-1, and the Bears did not look good. It wasn't like an 0-1 that you know they could have won. They just lost, and they didn't play very well. I think that Baker Mayfield and the Bucks take on the Bears and beat them at home in Tampa. The Niners, with Brock Purdy in the gang, are going to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind the Niners beat the Rams badly. I think they beat the Rams by 20. That's how much I think they beat the Rams by. I don't think the Rams can run with the Niners at all. Now, here's the next kind of interesting interesting game. The New York football giants got lit up last week. Lit up up last week 40 to nothing Dallas beat the Giants the Giants couldn't catch a ball couldn't hold on to a ball they caught they were fumbling when they got into field goal range they missed they couldn't do anything right my brother Richie's Giants could not do anything and it wasn't because of the rain because Dallas was playing in the same rain but this week, the Giants go to Phoenix to take on the Cardinals. And Kyler Murray and his gang are waiting for the New York football Giants to show up. Both teams are 0-1. I'm thinking the Giants come into Phoenix and another visiting team wins. I think the Giants beat the Cardinals. And if the Giants score, it'll be the first points of the year for them. <laughs> My New York Jets, my New York Jets, winning on Monday Night Football against the heavily favored Buffalo Bills. My New York Jets won in overtime on a 65-yard punt return for the win in overtime. And now the Jets have to go to Dallas to play that team that dropped 40 on the Giants last week and didn't let the Giants score a point. The Jets take on the Dallas Cowboys this week in Dallas. And with the horrific, horrific injury that Aaron Rodgers suffered, I mean, Floyd comes in to just simply sack him, and when you watch it in slow motion, you actually watch the Achilles tendon pop, and it's so hard to watch. And Aaron Rodgers... Played 75 seconds as a Jet before blowing out his Achilles. Now, my prediction for Aaron Rodgers is he's going to rehab and he's going to make a point of coming back and proving himself. I think this guy is as competitive as Peyton Manning, 
as competitive as Tom Brady, as competitive as anybody. And I think he needs to come back. And if he's going to leave, he's going to leave on his terms. So I am taking Dallas because Zach, I can't play quarterback Wilson, is going to be the quarterback this week. Now, you know, people have been saying, oh, you know, Zach did fine. Zach didn't do fine. Zach threw an interception to a guy who was just standing there. And the guy had another uniform on. He had the uniform of the Bills on, and he threw the ball right to him. The Jets won that game in spite of Zach Wilson. So the reason I'm saying this is because I don't think the Jets believe in Zach Wilson. I don't think the fans believe in Zach Wilson. I don't think the NFL believes in Zach Wilson. I frankly think Zach Wilson is probably the worst quarterback in all of the NFL. And I think if Zach Wilson was good, we had Zach Wilson last year. If he was good, why would we have gotten Aaron Rodgers? Because Zach Wilson's not good. Zach Wilson stinks. And I think the Jets are going to try to find themselves... Um, some, somebody, Matt Ryan, they're going to, they're going to, I, I was thinking Colin Kaepernick, he's been out of the league a few years. You know, I think he's probably been humbled by it all. I think Colin Kaepernick would be a good fit for the New York Jets. He has not stopped training according to his agent. He has gotten up at five o'clock every morning and trained as if he has a game on Sunday. So I do think Colin Kaepernick would be a good choice. But the other one I like is former quarterback of the Washington Redskins, when they were the Redskins, is um, Taylor Heineke. I think he's fantastic. I actually think he would be a great fit for the Jets. I think that offense and those weapons and Taylor Heineke, yeah, I like it a lot. There are some choices. But this team, this Jets team, is not going to be looking at playoffs with Zach Wilson under center. He plays scared. He's afraid to run. He's hesitant. He doesn't read the defenses. He does everything wrong. And this is a, an overall number two pick in the draft. So I'm going to get off my high horse on Zach Wilson. I'm going to get off my horse and I'm going to beat the hell out of Zach Wilson because that's what I want to do. Because I would like to see Zach Wilson move to number three on the depth chart as far as quarterbacks for the New York Jets. One of the last things I want to talk about as far as uh, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and all that other stuff is uh, the fact that Aaron Rodgers, when he signed with the Jets and the schedule came out, that the Jets would be playing Dallas and it would be Aaron Rodgers against Dak Prescott. The Cowboys knew what they were up against because the game is at AT&T Park in Dallas and Aaron Rodgers has never lost a game in Dallas to the Cowboys. And he has the highest completion percentage in history against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, you don't think the Dallas Cowboys are thrilled at the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be facing them on Sunday? Yeah, I think... I think they are dancing in the streets that they're going to be facing Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is complete opposite quarterbacks. Now, the Cowboys 
Of course, after last week with seven sacks on the Giants, they're leading all of the NFL in sacks. And Micah Parsons and the gang, yeah, they're going to be coming for Zach. And Zach is going to have that wide-eyed look that I used to have in algebra class when they would point, you know, when they would turn around and and point at me and say, "What's the answer, Jack?" Yeah, I mean, I I think I think we're going to see what Zach Wilson's made of, and he's not made of much. That, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that, and we're going to move on to the Washington Commanders going to the Broncos. Now, Washington is 1-0. The Broncos are 0-1. This game is in Denver. And Russell Wilson is just not the same quarterback in Denver that he was in Seattle. Frankly, if he had played this way in Seattle, we probably wouldn't even know his name, and we'd think his name was Zach Wilson. But the Commanders, the Commanders are really good. They've got new ownership. They made some changes in management. They made some coaching changes. The Commanders are a solid team, and they're a team to be considered as a contender. So I take the Commanders to beat the Broncos this week. The Dolphins are going to Foxborough to play the Patriots. Now, the Dolphins, Tua, by the way, had the fourth most passing yards in NFL history on week one ever. And that and that's with uh, Tom Brady and um, I think it's Dan Marino and Tua. Tua threw for 466 yards in week one. So I think Tua and Tyreek Hill are going to just, first of all, they're going to keep Mac Jones off the field. And when he does get on the field, they're going to get him off the field right away. I think the Dolphins... I'm going to run up and down on the Patriots. I take the Dolphins, and I bet I bet the farm on it. The Saints are going to Carolina to play the Panthers. Now, the Saints, Saints are a very good team. Derek Carr is doing a good job running that show. They're 1-0. The Panthers are 0-1. Count on the Saints being 2-0. Count on the Panthers being 0-2. That's for sure. Another visiting team is about to win. Now, Cleveland taking on... Their nemesis, their arch rivals, the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Well, the Steelers did not look very good last week. They scored seven, count them, seven points in the whole game and got blown out by the Niners. Now, the Browns are not the Niners, but the Browns are better than the Steelers. The Browns are 1-0 after beating Cincinnati 24-3. The Browns probably beat the Steelers even though this is one of those games like Yankees Red Sox it doesn't matter throw out throw out you know the wins and losses throw out their record it doesn't matter because these two teams hate each other so i do think the browns are more talented and i would probably guess this game to go about 45 or 50 points total both teams add them up together um i I just see the Browns beating the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers are going anywhere this, this year. Okay, so now let's take a look. We're going to go quickly into the AL East where the Baltimore now has 91 wins. And they got a shot at 98 wins by the end of the season. 98 wins, maybe 99. Tampa Bay, they're three games back, but they're just not good enough. And Baltimore... You know, Baltimore will probably run away with that. Here's an interesting thing in the AL East. Boston and my Yankees 
have identical records. They're both over 500, 73 and 72, and they're both 18 and a half games back. Yeah, they have identical winning percentages, identical win-loss, and they're both 18 and a half games back. And this will be the first time in about 30 years where both these teams finish at the bottom of the division together. And that's sad because if either of these teams played in the AL Central, they'd be in second place and they'd be within three games of taking over the AL Central. In the AL Central, speaking of the AL Central, Minnesota has 76 wins and a seven and a half game lead over the Cleveland horribly named Guardians. The Guardians are nowhere near a wild card shot. They're nowhere near Minnesota. Minnesota's going to win that division walking away. Now, a very interesting division that wasn't that interesting a month ago. It looked like Texas was just tearing away. Well, Houston, Texas, and Seattle. And Seattle won like 14 of 17 or 17 of 20 to start off in August. And it was just crazy. Houston, Texas, and Seattle are all within a game of each other. Houston has 82 wins. Texas has 80 wins. Seattle has has 80 wins. They haven't played the same amount of games. So they're all within one game of each other. And all three are in wildcard contention. So we may see all three of these teams in the playoffs. Now, we're going to go on to the NL East where there's no doubt about the fact that not only has Atlanta secured themselves a playoff spot. They have hit their magic number halfway through September. They've got 95 wins, and they probably are going to finish the season with 103 wins. Atlanta has a 16-game lead over Philadelphia. That's a done deal. They've won the uh, NL East. In the NL Central, Milwaukee and the Cubs are going punch for punch. Four games separate the two. Cubs are playing great ball. Frankly, I think Cubs are a better team, but Milwaukee is holding them off. But the Cubs have themselves a wild card spot if the season were to end today. In the NL West, the Los Angeles Dodgers have run away with that division. They've got a 13-game lead over Arizona. San Diego, who was showing such promise for this upcoming season, San Diego, 21 games back. Colorado, (laughs) yeah, they don't care. They're 36 games back, and they're looking to go skiing in the offseason. So that is the situation in baseball. And I got to say, I'm I'm pretty excited about the, um, um, the final leg of this season, the final couple of weeks to find out who gets in what position for um, for the playoffs. I think um, the fans are going to be the ones benefiting, and that's what matters. Okay, so that is Season 5, Episode 19 of JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio. I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in each week and listening to the show. I want to thank our sponsors, which I didn't do the plugs this week, 
And there's a reason for that. I'll probably explain it on the next show. But I want to thank our sponsors, Rob Van Dam's CBD Oil, which can be found at rvdcbd.com. And you put JV to the pros in the promotion box and you save at least 10% on your order. I also want to thank Paul Sorrentino, the employer lawyer who turns around and takes frivolous lawsuits and make sure they go away because you're not getting attacked. Not when Paul is minding the gate. Paul Sorrentino at Jackson Lewis, 619-573-4900. He is the employer lawyer. When he walks into court, oh yeah. <laughs> And that's just the judge. Okay, so we are wrapping up Season 5, Episode 19 of JV to the Pros. I want to thank our producer, the Queen of Queens, New York, Producer Karen, who puts together all the visuals on the Facebook page and the Instagram, JV to the Pros on Instagram. Or you can email us at JV to the Pros at gmail.com. All spelled out, JV to the Pros. Our Facebook page is JV to the Pros. Leave your comments and compliments there because we do read them. And when people, I mean, other than saying, oh, great show, very funny, you know, we love you taking the shots of Florida, the stuff you have to say about Trump, you know, <laughs> Trump's the only one that doesn't realize how hated he is across the country. <laughs> um, so that is our show. I thank you very much for listening. And we are signing off. And until we connect again, we're on. <laughs>